0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton at Clayton's AFC, who just forgot to press the go live button in time in case you're wondering why Nima and I are laughing. How are you doing, Nima?
1: <laughs> yeah, good. Um, nice international break. Good to be back with you, buddy. Um, uh, excited for the Brentford game. I think there's some decent fixtures ahead for Arsenal. So yeah, I'm looking forward to today and previewing that match. How about That's you, fun. buddy? And, uh...
0: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. It's not just been a normal international break for you. Congratulations are in order. Uh, for those that are listening that don't know, Nima obviously has another podcast uh, that he runs called Net That Hall with uh, Gabe and Mariner. Um, and go on, tell us tell us what you achieved, because there, there is a thumbnail, a, a very poorly... Uh, yeah, no, I saw you use the gold winner me,
1: but, image. Um, I, had I love to, that. Yeah, so yeah go on. I love yeah, that. Congratulations.
0: The, uh... Uh, tell the listeners a bit yeah. about what it was.
1: Yeah, thanks for the recognition and the shout out. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a bit of a surreal moment. We were in Anfield Stadium last week, actually, for the awards ceremony for the Football Content Awards. And it was the third year in a row that we would kind of made it as finalists in the best of fantasy football category. But we've never had a podium finish. We've never even got a bronze. And my kind of ultimate goal was let's just get a bronze certificate, the papers in a little frame, take it home, put it on a wall somewhere. Before I know it, I'm getting called up to go for best in fantasy podcast to get the gold on stage. Yeah, so I couldn't kind of believe the it. podcast, then, he's just pulled up the
0: actual award. It looks sick.
1: Yeah, so I got this nice glass trophy, and then I had to, like, give a, I guess, an acceptance speech in front of, like, 500 people with zero prep for it, and, um yeah, it was all a bit crazy. So, it was very surreal, really proud to win the gold and take that home, and, yeah, lots of, obviously, great FBR content creators were there who, um, you know, I, I don't know how we beat them, but... You know, three years of non-stop hard work, and we're just so pleased. So, yeah, yeah I just, well done, man. I, I'm very Arsenal biased on there, by the way. So, I think mean, like the fans know, like whenever we get to the Arsenal matchup each week, I'm not having no Arsenal standard. I don't care what the data says; <laughs> the data's wrong. I'm like, the data's wrong. Fuck it, we're the best team.
0: <laughs> nah, well done. It's uh yeah. I don't know if we actually said this, um, what the actual award was, but for the category, it was best in fantasy football podcast. So, absolutely phenomenal considering the sort of creators that are in that space as well so like well deserved and uh yeah had to be recognized on here thank
1: you and obviously our friends who we went on their show when we did the um arsenal bite-sized crossover with above average to you know preview the north london derby last season they also managed to get in a bronze win as well so in the nice. same category best fans football pod so it was really nice to kind of have that moment to celebrate with them knowing that me and you obviously went on their show and this pre-season i did the episode with adam about arsenal season ahead so it's nice to see the people that we've collabed with on this channel also doing well at the awards. So really proud of the boys there, yeah. Adam and Baker.
0: That's all No, well done, man. but Well deserved. And uh, yeah, from uh, flying high in Anfield to slumming in with me on a Friday. So we're doing the Brentford Brentford preview. So back to reality. Um, <laughs> so yeah, international break's done. Uh don't know about you, but I am very happy it's done. Just I hate it so much. And um, yeah, I was actually missing football so much that... I went and watched like the seventh or eighth tier of English football. Um, I went to watch Saint Pantillamons against Bed uh, Belmont FC or something. Um, in the I don't even know what trophy it was, but yeah, I needed my football fix over the international break. So glad that the Arsenal's back. So uh, going through what we usually do. So we'll go through predicted lineups and then score predictions. And uh, if there's any questions, depending on time, we'll see if we can squeeze a couple in. But it looks like it's quite quiet this morning um so obviously before we went into the international break it was 3-1 win against Burnley and uh reviewed that game with Pontus that was great to have him on obviously he's been one of our like longest and most consistent listeners and always in- engages so yeah it was really nice to actually meet him as well I've never actually like met him even it was even though it was on camera um but yeah so Brentford uh I put lineup versus Brentford I meant lineup versus Burnley on there on the slide but oh, the lineup. The last, yeah this was the yeah. last fixture right Yep. the graphic that I've got on the screen is the lineup versus Burnley, and it was obviously David Raya in goal. Ben White mysteriously wasn't in the team, uh, so it was Tommy Asu at right back, Saliba who scored, Gabriel and Zinchenko who scored, <laughs> so two goals from defenders. Midfield three was Jorginho, Rice and Havertz, and then the front three was Saka, Trossard, and Martinelli, and Martinelli, and obviously Trossard got his goal as well. Where? Well, I guess Arteta has done his presser. I've been quite busy with work this morning, so I've not actually looked in terms of injury updates I don't know if you've I saw Odegaard's back and he's fit but I don't know if you know Odegaard
1: so before today I'd seen Odegaard did full team training the last two days so today would be the third day I guess and he also is passed to play he said Jesus is available but obviously he played quite long minutes in that Brazil start midweek so I I don't know if maybe Trossard still gets to start through the middle this week or something but um, the other one was Ben White he actually said that like he'll see if he makes training today so that's not okay. as certain, it sounds like. Um, I so hear there is that insinuate is not why isn't ready? Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of the wording I took from it. Let me find the exact words for the podcast listeners so that it's at least uh, in Arteta's own words rather than my kind of verbatim. Um, <laughs> so what do we have? We have... So Mikel Arteta confirms in his pre-match press conference that Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Jesus are both available. He's also hopeful that Ben White will train today and be available for tomorrow.
0: Okay. So he's hopeful.
1: that That's a bit more promising than it sounds.
0: Yeah, sure. When okay. I first said it, yeah,
1: like he's still pretty hopeful about it. He's going to train so, today and be available. But Odegaard and who's are definitely both available.
0: With that in mind, do you want to have a st- oh, Obviously, uh, it's worth knowing David Ry is in, in Legible to play tomorrow. So Ramsdale will be in the sticks. Uh, With that in mind, do you want to have a stab at your predicted 11? I'm interested to see if you think White will go straight back in or be saved for Wednesday, Lons at home. And then uh, who have we got next week? Wolves at home then, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we've got some decent Premier League fixtures coming up until, um, obviously it's game week 13 now. But in game week 18, we're away at Anfield. Until then, I think we've got some fixtures that we would be hoping to try and get maximum points if possible. Obviously, Brentford away is not easy. I get that. but Overall, it's quite a nice run of fixtures after quite a few hard ones we faced yeah. at the start of the season. We need this period. So my, my prediction would be obviously Ramsdale and Goal, as you say. Um, See, Raya is obviously ineligible. I think it would be a back line of Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba and Ben White, actually.
0: Yeah, you think it will be. I, there, I yeah. think it
1: will be. Um, and then I think the midfield will be Jorginho, Rice and Havertz again, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I and think no the front Gardner. line... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, damn. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like Rice and Jorginho will always play now. So, I think it's going to be Rice, Jorginho and Odegaard. And I think Havertz will miss out. Um, And then I think it's going to be Martinelli. I want it to be Martinelli, Jesus and Saka. But it would not shock me if it's Martinelli, Trossard and Saka yeah
0: is it, is it did you see did you
1: see Trossard, by the way yeah oh, that that flick, did it? you see that little way he jumped over with yeah. the ball over? The, that was an incredible if you've not seen that guy go check it out and then obviously Havertz has been playing left back um and he scored five minutes into his debut as a left back for Germany so I wonder if Oteta do you think he's gonna go like full-on pet brain here and like you just see like a back line of
0: Havertz, Gabriel, Saliba <laughs> No, nah, I um I saw loads of people talking about that, and um James from Planet FPO and I actually watched the first half of Havertz at left back, and he it, it was, he was literally playing as like a wing back in a back five. Um, I was gonna say he's not really actually defending, is he? He's like he's like pretty no, much playing. He, he off was. the pitch, or was he, he defending um, as well? Dad? Yeah, there there were times out of possession where he was the left back in a back four, and times in possession where he was. Like a, a traditional wing back on the left, uh, and Leroy Sane was a wing back on the right. And Havertz defensively was actually good, um, and like he didn't do anything groundbreaking going forward, um, but like whereas Sane was obviously a lot more higher, average position wise, uh, but defensively, like the two goals we watched in the Turkey game both came from Sane's side, um, but yeah, Havertz. It, he was because I saw this. I saw everyone saying about left back, and I was like, "Oh, is he inverting? Is he playing like?" Yeah, like what is he doing? Into, yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> um, but it was literally like a just think traditional like a proper wing back wing backs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, so do you think he's um? So
1: is, is this like um something we just didn't see? Because obviously you remember when Xhaka used to play left back. Is is, is he just is Havertz? Is he more of a Jacka replacement than we realized?
0: <laughs> maybe I, I don't think we'll see it in our. T- I think, yeah, no, yeah, I, don't, I don't think we we'll see it. it, yeah, it um, there's anyone the... different?
1: Do you disagree on the Jorginho Rice thing? So that was something I wanted to call up and see what your thoughts were, because I feel that, do you remember in the preseason when we got um, Rice, and at the time the quote when Party was fit was that Arteta was like, I now have three like, great sixes, I have Jorginho Rice, Party. I have to figure out how to fit them all in. Yeah. So like, I remember saying at the time that it felt like at least two of those three would always play, if possible. So with Partey out, it feels like while Odegaard's been away, Jorginho's been the guy on the field giving out Arteta's instructions. He's been the in-game coach. So I think if you forget about just his performances and what he does on the pitch, he's been the voice of Arteta to the players in-game. Yeah. So does that change Uh, with Odegaard's return? Or like, uh, yeah, because I don't don't feel Havertz has done enough to like take that spot from... Jorginho like from a leadership point of view but I'd Uh, love to hear your thoughts
0: I um, am yeah I agree with you I I I think it will change in the sense that Jorginho won't be the one relaying the instructions if Odegaard's on the pitch but it doesn't mean you can only have one person doing that Um, I think yeah you can have a few people doing that right and Arteta spoke previously about having on-field coaches and Jorginho happens to be one I can't make up my mind on it. Obviously, I, by the end of this sentence, I'll come to a conclusion. But like, I can't work out if he's going to go for a Jorginho-Rice-Odegaard or Rice-Odegaard-Havertz. And it's more thinking Brentford away. Like, well, this is just universal in how we play now. He just wants control, right? And mm. part of me is thinking, I, looking at the upcoming block, Lens at home on Wednesday is probably one of the easier fixtures this week. And I wonder if he's going to go with the Rice-Jorginho-Odegaard midfield for Brentford away, where you get the combination of the physicality and the control. And, the, yeah, the physicality and control. And then Lens at home is one where you can afford to maybe play Rice in the six, who can be on an island on his own, and then have Odegaard and Havertz as the two eights. So, with that in mind, mm-hmm. I think the only thing... No, yeah, no, actually, I agree with everything. I think it will be Ramsdale... I think White will come back in. Um, I think if it wasn't Brentford away, which is a tough place, uh, even though we've done well there, I think Tommy Asu may have got the nod and just ease White back in. But I think he will go full strength, which I think will be Ramsdale in goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, same midfield three as you in Jorginho, Rice and Odegaard. Uh, And I think it's going to be Saka, Trossard and Martinelli as well, saving Jesus. Mm.
1: So that's really interesting because it's like, in the previous season, right, where we missed out on top four, or we missed out on the title, the injuries kind of meant that we just couldn't sustain what we were doing in both those seasons. This year, we're there one point from top, despite not playing with, like, our first oh, no. choice most of the season. And, yeah. like, we're in, a, we're in a situation where we can actually, away at Brentford, such a tough game, we can still be saying, you know what, we don't need to rush Jesus back. And that's yeah. crazy, because when you think about it, like, it's just... Yeah, it's not a situation we've seen for the last two years. So thank God that we have a bit more depth and can still compete Um, despite that. Defensively, I do think we are one of the top two teams in the country right now by far. Yeah. So uh, that, that's without saying, and I, based on what you said about wanting to control games. Um, I would like to see more attack and fluidity. Um, I think that will come. I think obviously we've been missing Odegaard and Jesus these last few games. So with the return of both of them to fitness, I'm hoping that this is the turnaround for us that we need. Like, no, yeah, and you know, no more international breaks every three or four games to yeah, disrupt literally. momentum. <clears throat> that's the thing, that's been just really frustrating. Like, just every time we get into a rhythm, is that like, bang, another break? Like, we beat City, break for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, what
0: the fuck? Like, that's yeah, so it's a momentum killer, isn't it? But we're doing well, we're doing like for where we are, we're doing absolutely brilliant. And uh, got a couple of the guys in the chat, which I'll shout out in a second, but um. Just one more on that. With what I said about Lenz at home being on paper one of the easier fixtures this week, do you think there's an element of Arteta maybe thinking, okay, Jesus away at Brentford and then giving a breather against Lenz Ooh, at home?
1: That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could be.
1: Um, I'm just thinking Martinelli started as well. I think he started both games for Brazil, actually. So, Maybe Trossard could play for Martinelli on the left wing and Martinelli misses out and Jesus starts. I think I just don't see both Jesus and Martinelli starting. That's kind of where my head's at. So I feel like one of the two will miss out. And Trossard is probably like our kind of first sub on most games where we need to win. So I feel like if he's got the chance to start, then this is it. But um, midweek, I I don't know what I expect midweek, but obviously we want to top the group and stuff so yeah i think he'll still go stronger than people expect but maybe one of the center backs gets rested again
0: <laughs> yeah like i yeah i completely agree i think is what is it if we get a point we're through and if we win we top the group right and i actually got my ticket for psv away as well so oh uh, nice yeah so going go to the netherlands for that yeah nice. so going to amsterdam and uh, eindhoven for the game but um yeah so with that in mind Let's uh, lock in our predictions for the stream anyway. Uh, obviously, we do separate ones elsewhere, but are you sticking with the front three of Martinelli, Trossard, Saka. I think I am. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we'll yeah. uh, just in a 2nd We, we agreement have... on that. Sure. All right. I'll have a look at the uh, the previous Brentford lineup against Liverpool, who they played last. But before we Look at that. We have, He's not live in the show, but we had Bungle that jumped on to say, yes, lads. And uh, he also said, congrats, Nima, on the award for net that hole. Hard for me to catch live streams these days with the time zone, but always remember the good old days, especially Mariners 5am starts now and again. So, yeah, nice one, Bungle. <laughs>
1: Those were some crazy times. 5 a.m. starts, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like 11 p.m. for me, 5 a.m. for him. Nice. There were some wild uh, years go. that we got through to get here. Yeah, and then you've
0: got people like Bungle in Flipping Japan who tunes in as well. So, yeah, fair play, mate. Cheers for jumping in and commenting <laughs> you, as always. And uh, we've got our boy Scott, Dream Team Professor, morning, afternoon, all. Uh, congrats, Nima, from, from Scott as well.
1: Thank you so much, mate. Yeah, no, it's been a surreal couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I'm just excited now for the festive fixture congestion and just lots yeah. of football. And it, it just, I feel like this is it. This is going to be my favorite time of the year for football and yeah, you know, same. holidays and family and just it's such a great time of the year. Man, yeah. honestly, and
0: like you said, it's a it's a decent opportunity for us to put some points on the board consistently again. So uh, yeah, first up is at Brentford. Obviously, we've given our predicted lineups. They uh, they lost three nil. To Liverpool last time out and uh, their team for that was Flecken, uh, back five of Aja, Collins, Pinnock, me and Roesleff, uh, midfield three of Norgard, Jensen and Janelt. And then up top, it was Visser and Mbumo. Um, yeah, and obviously they tend to fluctuate and switch between the back four and the back five. Uh, I think with us, they'll probably go for that same system again. I can't confess to have paid too much attention to individual personnel to know if there'll be mass changes or not. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, no. So I think this is very likely to be kind of pretty much the team that comes out against us. Um, I'm worried about Pinnock against us on set pieces as a way for them to get goals. I do feel that he, he, he's a real threat versus us. What I do like though in this matchup is I think Saka on the right against Roy Slav on their left. I think he's going to toast him. Like, I, I just but, feel yeah. that like he is yeah. going to be at him all game. So, that's where I see their biggest weakness, personally. Like, they'll probably that look side. to
0: double and triple up then, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're going to be seeing like me there helping him, maybe Yanel yeah, stepping back. Like, they're all going to. And if that happens, then hopefully Martinelli's got free reign on the other side and we we'll just switch yeah. it. So, I think. I don't think they've got it. Like, I think it will be a tough game, right? Ultimately, but I'll, I'll talk about my score prediction when we get to, to there. But sure. from a lineup point of view, I think this is pretty much likely to be the lineup. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sure we can win this. I'm sure we can win this. Famous last words, but um, yeah, Brentford are not a joke team. Um, they, they know how to play against the top teams well, and I actually think that under Arteta, we have not won as many games as they have against us. So they are like a bit of a bogey team for us since Arteta took over.
0: I know what you mean, but then it was that performance last season that just sticks in my head where we just... At their stadium, right? And we completely controlled the whole game. They couldn't get a touch on the ball. I remember Odegaard was out that game. Vieira stepped in, scored a banger. Um, So yeah, I, I hope it's a repeat of that performance. And you know with us this season, like we're not the best on the eye offensively, but that level of control and the way we nullify the ability for teams to counter and create transitions is really, really good. So um, hopefully that leads to us controlling the game and winning, but that leads nicely into score predictions. So uh, I've kind of hinted with where I think the game will go. I do think we will control it pretty nicely. Um, I don't think Brentford will have too many passages of play where they're knocking the ball around us. I think we. I think this is a game where like, The Phil till FC numbers are going to be high. (laughs) I think we'll have a lot of the ball possession-wise. Like Scott's just said in the chat, Dream Team Professor, he's hoping it'll be a nice kickabout with the lads. (laughs) Uh, Like Ivan Tony once famously said. And uh, with that in mind, I think I'm going to go for a fairly comfortable 2-0 away win. 2-0 to the Arsenal. I think we'll score. It won't be like free-flowing chances. I think we'll get two clinical moments, and then just control and suffocate the life out of them. I think it'll be quite a boring game, actually. 2-0 to the Arsenal. What about you? So
1: I'm going to go with I think 2-1. I think 2-1 okay. win. Just about win. Yeah. We we are great defensively and away from home as well. We barely conceded. I think we conceded like two or three goals in six away games. And one of them was obviously the Newcastle goal. One was at so I think the other two were at Stamford Bridge yeah. so all three goals were like in those two games out of six so we are very good but I just something screams to me that like they're going to just get like a goal in the 93rd like minute the like, goal. yeah just, just some random goal in the 93rd minute but I think 2-1 and I think it will be comfortable for us so yeah I don't think it's like 2-1 nice. and edgy I think we'll keep it together we'll be solid
0: as long as it's three points, that's all that matters. That's what. That's all we need to be doing now.
1: That's the thing. That's my, especially with City playing Liverpool. I don't know what we really want in that game. Um I think you, you'd argue that we'd want a draw, no? I, think I know we so, want City yeah. to lose, but a draw is better, right? Because surely Liverpool are a real threat to us this year as well. It's not just us
0: as City. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Liverpool are definitely up there. So, I, I think a draw would be best. That would be a good game. I'm looking forward to watching it. If they that.
1: draw and we can win our game on the same day and go top of the table and then just like have that momentum for the ties to come, like I don't want to dream, right? I've been hurt too many times before by our beloved Gunners. I'm going to try and dream. And just before we go, I just want to show you this. When we were at the football contest, they were giving out these Panini cards, like player cards, and I was trading with someone who had loads of West Ham players. Well, I had the West Ham players and I traded for a shiny Zinchenko. So got him on the screen, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got you're
0: talking to 14-year-old me again. I used to love this shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, and then I managed to trade a West Ham Declan Rice for a Arsenal Gabriel Martinelli. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was very happy with that. I've got a shiny Dominic Solanke and stuff. But, you know, okay. it, it was... It was bit, we were all, like, sitting on this table, like children ripping open these panini packs, like, trying to see which Premier League player we got. Um, it was it was
0: pretty silly and fun, but um, yeah, nah, it's, nice. it's good there. to be a big kid again. Well, yeah, nice one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so yeah, everyone, thanks, thanks for joining. Sorry, it's we've uh, we're in the middle of the work day, so um, we've got work commitments that we have to attend to. So nice twenty minute episode. Uh, obviously, congratulations again to you, Nima, on the, the amazing award uh, for Net That Hall. Um, so yeah, like if you're joining live uh, towards the end, uh, go back and we've kept on the. Uh, We've touched on the predicted lineups, what we think, how we think Brentford will line up, bit about the matchups that we're expecting, and uh, score predictions. So, uh, if you've enjoyed it, hit that like button and uh, drop us a subscribe um, so that you don't miss future episodes. It really helps us out as well. Uh, yeah, big game tomorrow. Get that point. Get those three points on the board. On to Lens on Wednesday, then to Wolves next Saturday, and let's just try put a nice little run together for this festive period. Up the Arsenal. Cheers, everyone. Come on, you Gunners.